Welcome to the Purpose at Work podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Jacobson. This episode is brought to you by Guided. They help you stop employee burnout and turnover by providing great coaching for all employees so you can get out of the weeds and focus on building great culture. The best talent values learning and growth over everything else. They don't want to be managed. They want to be guided to realize their potential. So if you're ready to evolve talent development, make sure to check out getguided.co. Now let's jump into the episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Purpose at Work podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Jacobson, and today I have CK Lin. He is the head of growth at VideoAmp, where he helps create the best environment conducive for employees' success and fulfillment. So welcome to the show, CK. Hey, Spencer. Glad to be here. Awesome. So let's dive in. Uh, CK, I'd love, love, love to hear a great story from your life that has a valuable underlying message. Mm. <laughs> uh, a great story underlying message. Well, when VideoM started, um, the founder approached me to wanted to bring this purpose uh, mission into the rest of his company. We actually struggle quite a lot in in you know, unpacking what, what is purpose, what are our core values and how do we actually operationalize this? Um, and we continue to do that today, right? It's not something that it's said and done, check the box. It's, it's, that's it. As our company continue to evolve, uh, we can continue to grapple with, um, what is it that we, you know, uh, truly are committed to and, and how do we operationalize that? Specifically, I would say this, uh, in any company's growth uh, development trajectory, their growth journey, um, not having a clear idea of the DNA of your culture, not having a clear idea of the core belief of this company, you will struggle. Um, as you have as your company grow, grows, you will have, I mean, give me, give you some concrete examples, right? Yeah. Should you take funding? Should you take this particular deal opportunity? Should you pivot your product to, um, to cater to customer demands? Should you hire this very expensive executive? Should you fire some people that you have a gut feeling that you, um, you know, no, that's probably not a good fit, but you can't really point your finger to it, right? You can also feel um, the employee morale is not necessarily going the way that you want to work to 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 go. But um, but but if you don't have a very clear idea of what it is, then then you'll struggle, especially as a founder, as a founding team, because there's no um, a guiding post to help you make that decision right. other than your in, internal intuition. So, so that's something that we have time and again, grapple with this idea. Luckily for us, we had a very good baseline from the very beginning. So we can continue to refer back to that baseline and then iterate 
space on that. So I don't know uh, if that give you something. Yeah. Concrete how have you the audience? I'm really, I'm really curious of how have you operationalized that purpose and values? Cause this sure. is something that so many companies talk about. Sure. But then there's a big distinction between talking about it, putting it on the wall and then actually having it integrated into the business. So how have, how have you guys approached that? Yeah. So, um, so the way I look at it, you know, Simon's next talk is a beautiful talk. It starts with why, then the, the mission, right? The what, and then the how, the key strategies that differentiates the company. But you can go down even further. What are your core values? What do you actually believe in, right? So suppose you have all four, very concrete, very like wholeheartedly, authentically that you can stand behind. Then how do you translate the core values into something that your employees can, can feel, can actually point to. So for example, um, um, what are the behaviors that is acceptable versus not acceptable? So for example, in our onboarding process, we actually share with people like, hey, here's the kind of behaviors that we want. Here's our cultural uh, vision, right? We're definitely not there yet, but this is, the kind of environment, the kind of place that we want to have over our employees. That's the aspiration. And um, here are also some of the things that we are allergic to. Here are non-negotiables. People who didn't make it in VideoAmp um, uh, because they you know, have certain uh, uh, behaviors that we were allergic to. Things like political behaviors, things like uh, being... Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Needy, right? Who is depending for directions versus being entrepreneurial, a victim-based mindset versus, hey, being accountable, responsible mm -hmm. for one's own outcome in one's company, right? So, so this is the, the cultural vision, the non-negotiable. Then we can translate down even further. What do people care about? Perks and benefits. All right, so here are the four values that we say we are committed to. How do we reinforce those uh, each of the core values with meaningful perks meaningful benefits so for example an idea is it okay if i can i jump around a little bit can i go deep yes. and come back out okay cool yeah so one of the things that we said that we're really committed to is is work-life harmony right and the way we uh, as a token of our appreciation to our people our company offers a $2,000 per year family vacation stipend. So as long as you've been with the company for six months, you're then um, uh, eligible to claim your family vacation stipend. That's a token of our appreciation to the sacrifice that you make, the sacrifice that your family makes to help build this company together. So to us as a meaningful, you know, concrete, investment in how we reinforce this particular value right that's awesome can you can you talk a little bit more about that and what um some of the feedback is that you've gotten and and how that having a a, a benefit or a perk like that has has impacted the the culture and the experience there well not everyone cares about work-life harmony but what I can guarantee you is this, everyone has family, 
right? Whether it be friends or spouse or kids or, I mean, it doesn't matter. You have people that you care, care a lot about. So that's our definition of family is very, very broad. So uh, even if you don't have a uh, nuclear family, you still appreciate that uh, our people still appreciated the, the, um, the, the gesture that we concretely put money where our mouth is, right? As an example, mm. another, another key point that another example would be uh, we care a lot about health, holistic health, mind, body, heart, and spirit, right? The whole thing. So one of the um, investment that we make is we invest in to have a gym area, a significant real estate in our office. So we have a gym area, we hire personal trainers, we hire yoga teachers, we have five classes a day, and we have a fitness challenge where people are encouraged to gain muscle, lose body fat, and attend these classes for a grand price of $10,000 at the end of the 90 days, right? So these are concrete uh, things that it's no mistake that we actually care a lot about yeah. what we say. So, so and, and, and the, and the um, concrete benefits from this is people are really excited. People are more energized and people's lifestyle change because it's also fun and there's that, that commiseration, right? They can commiserate together about how difficult the classes are, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So now they can connect with uh, people much easier, especially for the growth phase of our company. We're growing really quickly. So we have a lot of new faces all the time. This is one way that they can now connect with each other with, right? I, I love that. I'd never really thought of that before necessarily, but it's really straightforward is, hey, what are our core values? And then, then let's align our benefits and perks to those uh -huh. core values. Let's actually have things that are directly related to that. I'm CK. I'm curious. So, um, at a lot of companies, the title head of growth would be a marketing position, mm -hmm. but for you guys, it means something else. So I'd love for you to talk about what head of growth means and and i think it's super interesting that there's that distinction right for most companies that would be about leads and marketing and sales and things like that mm -hmm. but you are in a people role yeah in a, a culture role can you talk about that sure so the title we actually use it quite loosely had a culture had a growth and when when we use the, the word growth we we're thinking in terms of personal growth and professional growth. Now we can unpack the two, right? There are people's managers is, supposed, is responsible for people's professional growth. But what about, again, a holistic um, well-being of a person, physical, mental, emotional, like right? the whole thing, right? So how can we create opportunities for them to grow themselves in, um, under adversity? Because we also, another huge belief that we have as part of our, the cultural vision is uh, core values. We believe in exponential growth only comes from dealing with adversity. So as such, we create environments like the personal training session with CrossFit gyms and all these other things, continuing to push them 
towards the edge of their comfort zone. And we say that from the very beginning, hey, our job, our culture as a company is to push you to the edge of your comfort zone. If this is not for you, then this place is not for you, right? Mm -hmm. We are very, very clear from the very beginning. And actually that segues nicely. I'm kind of jumping around a little bit. Yes. To um, another way to concretize, to operationalize culture or values is how do you hire? So part of the hiring uh, interviewing questions is we ask questions about adversity. We, we, we tell them this is the environment that they're in. So then people can self-select into this environment. So there's no bait and switch. Oh, this is all be beautiful things. It's, it's all this candy and soda and everything. No, we show them the gym. We show them <laughs> our trainers. We show them the prep meal place that when the commercial freezer full of prep meals. We show them people running around like, like huffing and puffing. If this is not a place that you enjoy that kind of energy, that kind of like noise, that kind of, yeah, this is a place that you're not going to be happy in this environment. So we don't actually, we don't actually um, pretend that we are something else. We just show them yeah. from the very beginning, here's who we are. You like it? Fantastic. You're going to love it here. If you don't like it? That's fantastic too. You're welcome to work somewhere else because you're not going to like it here. Yeah. This goes into one of the one topic that I'm really passionate about, which is the, the idea that our business's growth, even from a revenue perspective, can be either limited or, or benefited by the growth of the humans at the company. I think most people today would agree that their company's most valuable resource or asset is the people in the organization. So if you are in an organization where the rate of growth of those people mm -hmm. is extremely high, mm -hmm. then that's actually massively increasing the capacity to grow as a business. I, it was one of, one of your, you know, one of the Silicon Valley um, big time founders has said is that, you know, the capacity of your business to maintain top line growth on in the long term is really directly correlated to the growth of the individuals in the organization. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I totally a hundred percent agree. So that hence why we focus a lot on growth, uh, beyond professional, beyond their responsibility inside the company, but also, um, Hey, who are you? How are you as a human being grow? Cause ultimately uh, we also said this in the very beginning, we are not delusional to think that they're just employees of this particular company. We tell them that we understand that they're outside responsibilities, family, hobbies, friends, all these other things. And we're very clear from the very beginning to say that, hey, if um, I tell them this analogy, imagine that you are, you are the vehicle and you have different wheels in your car, right? If one of the wheels, that's uh, you got a flat tire. What are you going to be thinking about that flat tire? Right? So similarly, if an area of your life that isn't working as well as you want, whether it be family or friends or health or whatever, what's, how are you going to be thinking, spend your time, your energy thinking about chances are the place the the area that's not working. So we want to make sure that we accommodate to, to their needs to juggle everything in the air as we apply more and more, um, adversity 
right, to their life or their growth purposes. So that's why uh, my role is to focus on the growth through adversity in a variety of areas in life. Because how you do one thing is how you do everything. That's another thing that we deeply believe in. So we uh, focus a lot on applying these uh, adverse uh, uh, circumstances, projects. Um, Can you talk about that a little bit more? Because some people might say, um, oh, I'm a very different person at home. You know, yeah. I, yeah, I'm very different at home than I am at work. I can, I can compartmentalize. And yeah. can you talk a little bit more about what it means to say how you do one thing is how you do everything? Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is a grossly simplification of that, right? It's not deterministic by any means, but it's generalized a statement. It's pretty accurate. How you do one thing is how you do anything. Or another way to say is how you do anything is how you do everything. So um, we are very clear, hence why another thing we always just hone in to them to say that this is how we communicate and we invite them to be who they are. From the very, very beginning, during the interviewing process, we invite them to be who they are during the onboarding process because we don't want them to... There's a beautiful saying, I can't really articulate it. The effective way is saying that you will be... Um, more fulfilled if who you are at any given time is the same person. If you have to be someone else that you're not putting on different masks, uh -huh, different, uh -huh. different situations based on who you talk to, then you're not going to be as fulfilled, going to be as happy as a, as, as a, as a person. Mm -hmm. So we tell them that from the very beginning. Once again, if they believe that, hey, there should be a hard line between work and life, all right then this environment is not for them, right? We ask them to be as authentically who they are from the very beginning. Yeah. So that's what we tell them. Yeah, that's, I think that goes into the conversation about belonging, is that if we are changing who, how we represent ourselves in different situations, we can never truly belong because we aren't being ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you have to be somebody different at work or in this situation, you may never actually feel like you belong there. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the, the, I think that's one of the things that any leader would hope that their employees or their, their team feels is that they belong. But then if we're not creating an environment or we're not screening for uh, this sense of you know, authenticity or the feeling that you can be real and really show up just how you are, you never get to belong. Mm -hmm. because whatever is being accepted is not actually the real you. Mm -hmm. 100%. Absolutely. Hence why we're, yeah. um, we tell them that joining a new company is like a lot like starting a new relationship. And the secret of a relationship is to be who you are from the very beginning. <laughs> right. You know what right. the, the representative, the representative leaves after uh, six months and then you get, you're stuck with the real thing. All right. I mean, I tell them like, hey, chances are you've been in different relationships and chances are, you know, you may have experienced how six months later, the person that you met in the six months before that is two different people, right? And it wasn't a very pleasant experience. But what if we can just be as much as we can be our authentic self from the very beginning, then, then therefore you have a holistic experience overall. So anyways, we just 
I continue to hone in from different angles, telling them like, Hey, this is how we operate as a company. Yeah. CK, I want to take us in a bit of a slightly different direction here Sure. to talk about the future of work. And I'm curious from your perspective, what's, what's the most interesting or disruptive topic in the future of work that you're really passionate about that you would want to, that you would want to share with our audience? Um, well, I'm a technologist. So the trend that I can see already is the future of work would be really interesting uh, to, to use that word loosely. Um, I believe that technology is going to replace some of the jobs, right, that, uh, that we currently have. And it's really, really important for the in individual employee's perspective to learn some critical skills like adaptability, like acquiring skills quickly, like um, doing things that only humans can do, that only you, specific individual that can do, that brings the highest value to the team, to the organization, to your entire industry, right? But that aside, from the organizational point of view, technology is gonna bring us a lot of abundance of options. So you can either use a human, you can use technology as an example. Then in that case, from your perspective as the founder, what kind of organization do you want to create? Um, that goes back to the very, very beginning, the point, like what's your why? What's your purpose? What's the mission? What are your, what is your competitive strategy, right? And then what are your core values? And that actually gives founder more and more options to really build the kind of company that's going to fulfill the why, what, how, as well as giving the founding members of the company the kind of lifestyle that they really, really want um, because that goes hand in hand, right? So I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I think about this question a lot. I obviously don't have the answer. I'm not an Oracle. Um, so, but I'm very curious to know how this whole thing is going to be giving the, uh, the, uh, the amplification of technology, uh, as well as globalization, as well as, you know, the interconnectedness of, um, everyone. So that's something I pay a lot of attention to. Yeah. I'll comment on this because I, th this, this, what I'm hearing is in the future of work, we'll have more and more and more and more things will be replaced by technology. We'll have more and more choices mm -hmm. as well. And the things that we will end up wanting to choose as humans will be the things that are distinctly human. Where if, we, if, given, the, uh, if given the choice between something that feels robotic and human will choose human in many instances. And so what I'm hearing as the need for individuals with their skill sets, mm -hmm. as well as people creating organizations and teams is being even more intentional about what is our unique why? Mm -hmm. What is the thing that makes us us? Mm -hmm. So that when you are creating your organization or you're creating your own personal story 
-hmm. it's more human. It has even more of that uh, irreplaceable aspect of humanity in it because that's what people want to choose when everything else will very likely be automated into the sameness. Yeah. When they vote with their dollars, whether it's as a consumer or when they vote with, hey, I have a lot of different options. I don't have to work unless I want to. And I want to work with this particular organization because X, Y, and Z, right? Um, so it'd be really interesting to, to differentiate. I mean, there is certainly a place because what you actually touch upon uh, is a values question. Some people values humanity, humanness. Some people don't care. They vote with like wherever their lowest prices, like they can, they couldn't care less about the humanness of anything. Right. 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 But, but as we have more and more choices, I believe that there's a distinct place for this humanness for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and distinctly as, you know, as what you said, it, part of the context of this podcast is about the workplace right mm -hmm. and there's more and more and more and more competition for talent but this is what creates competitive advantages in your mm. employee in your employer value proposition is do i get to be fully human at this company do i get to be all of myself how integrated can my life truly be when mm -hmm. i go to work at that place how much do they how much does video amp support me in being the type of person that I want to mm -hmm. be mm -hmm. so that I'm not having to make those sacrifices. And if given the opportunity, if I'm super into health and fitness and I like team-based adversity challenges, I'm going to go work at VideoAmp rather than a different place because mm -hmm. they're, they've aligned those values to that extent. Absolutely. Beautifully said. We have candidates who came from Google, Facebook, all these tech giants that we couldn't really compete in terms of dollars or options or things like that. But yet they picked this place to work. Why? Because those people care a lot about the kind of people, the, 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 the like-minded individuals who want to do challenge-based uh, things who wants to be growth oriented, who wants to uh, focus on personal growth as well as professional growth, right? Who cares about all these things? Who would like to be authentic in the way that they can show up in the work versus have to be very hard line, you know, you know, a suit and tie or whatever. We're very, very direct. We don't mince words. We also offer a lot of uh, constructive criticism to each other. So for the people that want that environment, Facebook, Google, the money's good, but they don't, that's not their core value, right? Beautiful. Can you share a little bit about your Noble Warrior project? Sure. So one of my latest passion projects is called Noble Warrior. And the idea here is to gather a group of exemplary men really inquire about what it means to be men in modern times. And in the process, we also partake in uh, sacred warrior medicine, right? From uh, the, 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 the most simple the, to the most intense warrior medicine. And then in the meantime, we have conversations just like this to inquire what is being men um, 
what it means to have self-mastery, what it means to have disciplines, what it means to, uh, to, be, to, to have technology and how that impacts you know, who we are as individuals and as a society as a whole. Yeah, and I, I absolutely love this. I love this project and, and what you're working on. And there's two pieces that I wanna comment on. One is that in the tech world, let's say, there's been a lot of backlash around uh, sexual harassment and men and, and women being underrepresented and undersupported and unhealthy work environments mm-hmm. perpetuated by men. So, and I think this is on the radar of, or should be on the radar of almost every, you know, uh, business leader, especially people, people operations leader is this conversation about what is the healthiness of the environment that we're cultivating and how is, how is, you know, the, uh, you know, some of the unhealthy male behaviors and healthy male behaviors contributing to that. Mm -hmm. And then what I also think is really awesome about the uh, let's say the modern masculine conversation as well is that prior to me too mm-hmm. and prior to um uh some of the scandals at in silicon valley and then the kavanaugh uh case um for a man to choose to go down a path of this conversation would have needed to be an internal conversation. It would have needed to say, Hey, I want to have, they need, would have needed to make that decision purely for them or maybe just based on their family or their relationships. But now because of this societal conversation Mm. that's happening, it actually lets men look externally and say, Mm. Hey, I don't want to be like that and that and that Mm. I want to be part of the solution. So now they can step in. And I think that this is going to, it really is a quantum leap forward in furthering the men's work conversation. Now that we're actually able to look externally Mm -hmm. and choose in rather than just having to be internal. It is both. The way I look at it is, um, so I I looked at the the world through a Eastern philosophy point of view. So it's very fractal right? Confucius said self-mastery first, then family, then country, then world. So first starts looking internally. Mm-hmm. How is the yin and the yang in, within me harmonized? Is it in harmony or is it not in harmony? Because when it's in harmony, then everything that I do externally would then be in harmony, right? Otherwise, if within me certain things that's misaligned, then I'm, I'm have internal conflicts and how it's going to show up is that unhealthy masculinity, as you said, right? So then from that point of view, as business leaders, as entrepreneurs, as executives, then you can start to look at, you went within your realm of uh, influence, what kind of environment could you create to cultivate similarly, this yin and the yang and the healthy harmonious environment that fosters a healthy interaction between your employees, whether it be male or female, it doesn't matter actually 
how do you foster that environment? So then, then from that perspective, everyone that you touch when your organization can ripple out to have a very healthy interaction. That's my point of view. Beautiful. CK, what's the, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Um, well, the easiest way to connect with me would be contact at noblewarrior.com. Contact at noblewarrior.com. And for those of you that are interested in seeing how this uh, project progresses along, subscribe to, Mo- no, no, go to noblewarrior.com and subscribe to the podcast or, and suggest any guests who you think would be worthy to have this inquiry with me about. Awesome. And for anybody listening that wants to hear more about some of the different practices that you guys have implemented at VideoAmp, is that, can they also get in touch with you there or what's the, what's the best place to contact you there? Yeah, same, same place. Um, actually, very soon, the co-founder of VideoAmp will be on the podcast inquiring some of these uh, similar topics that we, were just, we have been discussing um, around culture, around environment, around uh, how do we bring harmonious uh, harmony to the internal as well as the external. Okay, awesome. CK, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're so welcome. It's been great. Talk to you guys later.